Hi, everyone. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, a Facebook Live edition. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Sean Kelly and Cindy Robinson. We have a lot to get to on this Friday. Unfortunately, we're talking about a Saints loss last night to the Atlanta Falcons 20-17. It's also a Pelicans game day as they welcome in the Sacramento Kings. And guys, can we just touch upon the weather first? Because I am <laughs> from the South, but I cannot handle this cold. Well, I'm from the North, but I've lived in the South long enough that I don't like it anymore. So, Ooh, I've yeah. lived a little bit of everywhere. I'm from Los Angeles, though, so this is a little hard for us every now and then. Man, oh man. It, it was, it's just been a weird morning, but it was also a weird night last night for Thursday Night Football. Just a lot of things going on between the penalties and the injuries. It, it just had an odd feeling last night on Thursday Night Football. It was just a piling on, really, of... Let, let me let me let me take six of the most unfortunate things that can happen to a football team, and we'll put them all on the same game. That's what it felt like in a lot of ways. Yeah, injuries were a major thing, especially for our team. Uh, we lost running back Alvin Kamara in first quarter, and obviously that was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? You know, it's kind of a freak shock factor. Right. And then we lost linebacker AJ Klein to a groin injury. Trey Hendrickson to an ankle injury, Kenny Vaccaro to a groin injury as well, Senio Kelamente, another concussion. Uh, not another for him, I meant another yeah. like, along with Alvin's. Uh, and then David Anyamata with a, his is an undisclosed injury, but he's still, you know, a big player, part of our team that we need. And then Ted Ginn, Tom, uh, Michael Thomas, and all, Mark Ingram all had little scares in a moment where they had to be carded, well, walked off, but they walked off and they returned, so mm -hmm. that was a good thing, but... They had little moments where we were like, oh, those are rough hits. So, yeah. I mean, that definitely was a huge factor in the loss last night. I think another huge factor was the penalties. It just seemed like they were not going the Saints' way all night. Yeah, and one of the penalties actually resulted from an injury situation. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a huge play at the end of the first half for the illegal formation on the, on the Lutz field goal uh, attempt, you know, which he hit, by the way, and should have given the Saints the lead. But Josh Laribas was asked to come in and play off the right side of that line and didn't line up far enough forward, yep. mm -hmm. and therefore the illegal formation. That's not normally Josh's spot, but he's called into that situation because of all those injuries. Right. I think I counted nine injuries that either involved a player unable to finish or at right. least missed time during mm -hmm. the game. And then the penalties, as you mentioned, it was 11 penalties in, in all, and there were nine penalties last night that pushed Atlanta into a first down as a result of a penalty. That's... That has not happened in an NFL game in 20 years, number one. And it's the first time in Saints franchise history that it's happened that many times, nine times. So, look, all those things factor in. And so if you take that penalty, and it comes from both sides of what mm -hmm. you both said about the game. If you take that one penalty there at the end of the first half, I think that moment and Kamara's injury early on are the two most significant parts of that football game. There's a You could make a list, but it just it was one of those nights where if you could – like I said, put a pile of adversity mm -hmm. on a football team on a short week. That was it. And here, they 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 had a chance to possibly win the game at the end. Atlanta really needed that game, and they barely got it. Right. Um, you know, the Saints won the turnover battle last night, yeah. and 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 guys stepped. Tommy Lee Lewis, I thought, yes. really did a nice job last yes. night. Had a, had a touchdown, which was great. We love Tommy. And um, but at the same time, when all those things pile in, it's tough, especially on the road to win in the NFL. It was crazy. I heard a stat today that Matt Ryan, when he's thrown three interceptions this year, 2-0 the Falcons are. The rest of the league is 0-23 when their quarterback goes three interceptions. So for some reason, the Falcons have been able to find ways to win with three interceptions. But I did think the secondary did play well last night. Yes. I did too. I, you know, Chris Banjo, again, pressed into service because of injury. He gets an interception mm -hmm. last night. 
Lattimore's battling Julio Jones, by the way, who had a, an oh, yeah, you know, he had a decent day for by most standards. Lattimore played but this well is, on Julio. Yeah, yeah, but this is Julio Jones, and right. I thought Lattimore did a, a tremendous job on him. Struggled early, made an adjustment, got the interception that uh, that should have led to points there at the end of the first half. And I, also coming yeah. off of an injury too. So. Oh yeah, and they were gassed. That Saints defense was really gassed at the end. But to hold Matt Ryan to a quarterback rating of what fifty-five, yeah. um, pretty impressive. Yeah. All right, so we got a lot to get to on today's show. We have Darius Miller joining us as the Pelicans will take on the Sacramento Kings tonight. But up next, John DeShazer will join us to talk about tonight's game. But first, here's Sean Payton following last night's loss. Real quick, I'll be brief. Um, obviously, it's a disappointing loss. Proud of our guys tonight. Thought we fought hard. Thought we fought a lot of things outside of just the football game, but um, you know, I, I was real proud. Anyway, credit Atlanta. They came back, showed some heart, got a big win. Uh, it was disappointing for us. They felt like the, uh, the player wasn't far enough up on the line. Usually, you get a warning with that, especially when you have a backup in. But hey. I thought we fought real hard. I thought we played. I thought we played outstanding on defense. Struggle offensively, find a rhythm. A lot of a lot of different guys go down. I'd say eight or nine players got hurt tonight. You know, give or take. So, but um, so it, that became challenging. I thought the defense fought hard. How difficult would you say it is from a play calling standpoint once you start missing so many pieces mid game? Well, you're quickly you got backup personnel groups, but um, there's, you know, that's a challenge when you have guys go down. All things considered, Coach, how do you think Marcel Lattimore handled Julio Jones? Yeah, we'll see the tape. I th- like I said, I thought defensively we played well. We were, uh, we had a lot of other challenges, but I thought, uh, I thought we competed. We saw, we saw Sean, that's pretty normal, just from I mean, I, I'll bet that happens quite a bit, really, you know, when it's pretty dry and on a short week. Listen, we, we still got a lot, we still have a, a ton of football left, so we're playing for that opportunity, just like Atlanta, just like everyone else. Amen. Just uh, it's one of those games. Listen, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen, I've never been a part of a game like that, you know, and uh, frustrating, but, you know, our guys will ba- we'll bounce back. We're now joined by John DeShazer to recap the Saints Thursday night football game against the Falcons. Now, John, it was a rough game for us. What did you see maybe was our, one of our biggest issues? Because I know injuries is on that top of the list. Well, injuries, but they still played well enough to win the game. They probably should have won the game by all rights and measures. Um, a huge thing was penalties. Um, when you have 11 penalties and nine of those penalties result in first downs for the Falcons, those were opportunities that the Saints defense didn't get to get off the field. Now, having said that, they forced three turnovers on three consecutive possessions, and when you own the turnover ratio three to one, that's usually good enough to win a game, but the Saints didn't convert much on third down. They were three to 10 on offense. They didn't run the ball effectively at all, 15 for 50 yards. Uh, They threw it pretty well and pretty efficiently until that last throw by Drew Brees in the end zone, which he admittedly says, you know, hey, I took a chance that I really shouldn't have taken, didn't need to take. And so those were the main things. I think the the, the penalties were the things that really agitated Coach Sean Payton afterward because some of them, let's face it, were a little bit dubious. Mm-hmm. But that said, 
even with the penalties, they had a chance to win that game. They had a chance to really solidify their hold on the NFC South division. And, and, and they're still, you know, they're still in first place. So they still have everything in their hands. So, you know, it's basically, you know, if they win, they take care of their own business. Then they're in good shape. But that was a game where they really could have given themselves a huge cushion. And you also have to remember, not only do you want to win the division, obviously that's the, that's the first step, but now you're talking about seeding also. So you're behind the Eagles, behind the Rams, and behind the Vikings. So, you know, from that standpoint, they're not where they want to be. But in terms of the first step, which is winning your division, that's how you initially get in the playoffs. And it doesn't matter if you're a 6-10 division winner or 10-6, and six, you still own a home playoff game. So that's, you know, priority one right now. How did the game plan change when Alvin Kamara came out? Because it seemed like they were rolling first on that drive, but then afterwards it didn't seem like they went to the run as much. How much did the game plan change when Kamara exited with a concussion? Well, I think some of that has to do with Kamara being out, but I also think some of that has to do with the Falcons' adjustments um, because the Saints adjusted similarly to the Falcons. The Falcons kind of ran down the field on the first possession. Usually teams kind of get their feet wet, you know, kind of get the jitters out, make their adjustments, and then they make you do something different. So I think the Falcons looked at the Saints and said, okay, what we'll do is we will stifle the run and we will dare you to pass. And Michael Thomas essentially was the the main receiver who was getting over. He got mm-hmm. 10 catches for 117 yards. Drew Brees only completed, I think, 26 passes. So Mike had, you know, a good portion of those. So if you can make a team a little bit more one-dimensional, which the Falcons were successful at doing, then you have an advantage. Um, Alvin Kamara being out, obviously, is huge because he's such a threat as a runner and a receiver. A lot of those passes to Alvin Kamara and a lot of those passes to Mark Ingram are essentially extended handoffs. I mean, it's not like they're throwing it to him 20 yards down the field. They're almost like handoffs, so they're almost part of the run game. And they lost that when Alvin's out. And then you lose that dynamic personality, a guy who can create a little bit more out of nothing. You can throw him a five-yard pass, he might turn it into 12 yards. You throw him a, you know, a swing pass behind the line of scrimmage, and he might turn it into eight yards. And, and they missed that element of having him on the field. You like what you saw from the secondary? You talked about Matt Ryan throwing three interceptions. Marshawn Lattimore, I thought, did a pretty good job on Julio Jones. What did you see from that secondary? Well, yeah, they played extremely well. I mean, Julio Jones did have a decent night, and um, Muhammad Sanu also had a decent night numbers-wise. But when you're talking about holding Matt Ryan to 221 yards and you're talking about intercepting him three times, um, I thought they really made their presence, and that was mostly the young guys. Marshawn Lattimore with the interception, uh, Marcus Williams with the interception Mm -hmm. in the end zone. Chris Banjo comes off the bench. It replaces an injured Kenny Vaccaro, and he gets an interception. So I thought the secondary really played well. The defense overall played well enough to win the game. Did they commit some penalties that they should not have? Of course they did. Uh, but I thought the defense really played well enough to win the game. They held the Falcons to less than 400 yards. They held them to 20 points on the road, and which is difficult to do. And they really kind of they didn't shut down Julio Jones, and yet they, they controlled him enough. They maintained him enough to where they probably – should have won that game. They played well enough to win that game. I know you mentioned Michael Thomas was the main receiver, but Tommy Lee Lewis had a nice catch and converted for a touchdown. What is his impact going to be on the team? Well, mostly special teams. I mean, he had a couple of kickoff returns, 36 yards and 31 yards, and that gave a spark to the kickoff team. He really has taken off since he's become the main returner over ahead of Ted Ginn. Uh, he's been a, a pretty solid punt returner when he's had some opportunities. He's been a pretty good kickoff returner when he's had some opportunities. And that touchdown catch, he made a 26-yarder where he really tight-roped the sideline mm-hmm. extremely well, avoided a tackle, 
and able to dive in and, and get to the front of the pylon was probably the best reception he's had as a Saint. Now he's only been there a couple of years, but mm. that's the best catch he's made and the best play he's made offensively. Um, impact wise, again, it's going to be Michael Thomas is going to be your guy. They probably need a little bit more out of Ted Ginn. Um, Brandon Coleman is as good a blocker, but also Brandon Coleman usually about once a game or so he comes up with a twenty-plus yard catch. Mm-hmm. You know he contributes in that in that area. But they do need a little bit more help from Michael Thomas because Mike is carrying a heavy load. Now, the Falcons dared to play him a lot man-to-man. Bad idea. Yeah. Because nobody's <laughs> going to be able to shut him down man-to-man. That's just an impossibility. He's big and he's strong and he gets in front of you on the slants and he's got great hands when you want to throw the, the, the back shoulder routes. Uh, he's a guy who fights for the ball in traffic. Uh, you love to see him on the 50-50 balls because 50-50 balls, seem to become 80-20 when they're thrown to Michael Thomas. He's a star at a, as a receiver. But they're going to have to get a little bit more help out of that receiving core besides Michael Thomas. He's going to have to have somebody to alleviate a little bit of that pressure. Now, Ted Ginn did make a huge catch down the stretch and took a big hit in the process mm-hmm. and held on to it, which was extremely impressive. But they've got to have a little bit more of him taking the top off in terms of getting defenses to loosen up a little bit and those kinds of things. All right, J.D., obviously a slew of injuries yesterday for the New Orleans Saints, but now you have about 10 days for recovery. What's the schedule like now knowing that it was a Thursday night game, you don't play till next Sunday against the Jets, uh, especially with all these injuries that happen? Well, I don't think there's going to be any availability media-wise. There will be today, but there won't be any more availability and probably until next Wednesday. That will give these guys an opportunity to hopefully get back healthy. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro said it was just scar tissue that was kind of loosened up. We'll see how that is because when you're talking about a growing, that's obviously a dicey thing. Senio Kelamete, um, Alvin Kamara, both uh, concussions. So we don't know how that's going to mm-hmm. react. You know, Alvin Kamara had a tweet saying he was fine, but the NFL concussion protocol might say different. <laughs> so he's going to have to go through the protocol. Uh, also, um, uh, A.J. Klein with, the, with I think, a growing. Mm-hmm. Heat, that, that, that does not help defensively. Now, Manti Teo came up and played huge in his absence, Mm -hmm. and yet A.J. Klein is a defensive captain for a reason. Trey Hendrickson, on a thin defensive line, he goes out with an ankle injury, Mm -hmm. so they're going to need him to come back. Uh, So, you know, they have some injuries that concern you somewhat, uh, especially along the offensive line. If Samuel Kelamente is out, now hopefully by the time they play again, Andrews Pete will be back. He had a growing injury also, and usually growing injuries a little less severe for offensive linemen because you're not asking them to do the things that you do, you know, that you ask skilled position players to do. Hopefully, Andrews Pete will be back. Uh, Teron Armstead held up extremely well coming back from injury at left tackle. So you hope that these guys will be back and be ready. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore held up extremely well at cornerback mm-hmm. after being out a couple of weeks with an ankle injury. Uh, Marcus Williams, we just mentioned, he was out concussion protocol. Uh, excuse, me, excuse me, growing injury, mm-hmm. he held up extremely well. So you get you have eight, ten days to really kind of nurse these guys back to full health, and you hope that by the time the Saints take the field again against the Jets that they are as healthy as they've been this year. All right, J.D., we look forward to all your stuff on NewOrleansaints.com. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right, Drew Brees, two, two touchdowns, one interception yesterday. Here's what he had to say following the loss yesterday. At the end, what you saw in that play? Yeah, shouldn't have thrown it. Um, guy made a nice play, but um, not not worth taking the risk right there, especially when you know you got points. You know, it's not like you have to have a touchdown to win. I mean, um, to to tie or, or what have you. You know, we could have kicked a field goal, so we had points. Um, you know, just disappointed in the result there. Um, just should not have taken that chance. Drew, on that fourth and one, there was a discussion on the sideline. You and 
yep. you and Coach, what, what, what went into that? We said we came here to win, so we're going for it. So it came down to your sneak. I mean, were you, that was a. Yeah. And you, with Denise, did it have to do with well, injuries mounting, or was there anything, um, in, anything factoring in? No, nah, I mean, it just felt like hey, we we feel like we can get it. Um, if we if we if we if we don't get it, we still have timeouts. Um, and if we kick a field goal right now, we give them a lot of time, you know, to go down. And, and so let's uh, let's let's go win. How tough is it to lose Camara that early in the game? I know you're oh, going yeah. with the game plan. And oh, listen, that's always tough. You know, at, at one point we didn't have any backs. You know, when Mark goes out and then, um, you know, Mike goes out for a little bit, Ted goes out for a little, you know, so you just you just kind of had to manage. You know, all that happened on that last drive. It was kind of crazy. Um, but, um, you know, we managed. And, and guys stepped up and did a great job. Tommy Lee Lewis stepped up and did a great job, caught a touchdown. Um, so, man, guys battled, battled tonight. They really how, did. How much do you think that is a product of playing on Thursday night? It's 100% a product of playing on Thursday night. Do you understand what guys' bodies go through, you know, in a game? And then to have to turn around four days later and to play? I mean, look at the injury studies. They're off the charts. They're off the charts. So is, is, this, is this smart as it pertains to guys' health and safety? No, absolutely not. What would you like to see the league do? Especially during the offseason, to revisit Thursday night football games. Well, um, I mean, I could sit here and tell you that no, no player um, likes putting themselves at risk on four days rest to come and, and, and put their bodies through what they put them through, you know, in a game. So you, you hope that it's addressed, you hope that it's talked about, and you hope that something is done about it. Is it something that may have to wait until the next CBA? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, listen, right now we worry about what we can control, which is, you know, you play the games that are on the schedule, you play them when they say they're played, and you go out and you give it your absolute best. But, you know, when you see guys go down and, you know, uh, you lose guys for, for what you think was unnecessary, you know, just because you put them at a much higher risk on, on uh, such a quick turnaround, that that gets you upset. As a guy with your standing in the league, is that something that – Maybe this game makes you want to—I don't know what's the word—speak loudly about it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. And and it'll be addressed. Drew, it'll uh, be addressed. Uh, you mentioned Tommy Lee, but what do you think of that effort to get in? Oh, I thought it was a great effort. You know, he, um, like I said, he stepped up and and really did a great job. He um, you know, was was called upon to. You know, step in and make some plays, and just how he how he has all season long. You know, he's kind of has had a package of plays, but you know, with Kamara being down, and just with some other scenarios where you know, hey, you need you need a guy to be able to step in and know the know the role, know the job, and and, and then execute it. You know, very well. He he did that. And then how, how tough was it to see Sean get that penalty in that spot in the game? Sort of I'm sure I'm sure he commented on it. Drew, uh, I know a couple weeks ago you guys talked about how rare it is that you haven't had many two-minute situations at the end of games. I think maybe this is only maybe the second game that's come down to one like that. Does that yeah. make it extra frustrating? To, to well, you know, it listen, it's frustrating for me because, you know, it's second down and we've got three points um, to tie the game and, you know, put our defense back out there on the field to stop them more. The game goes over time and we got a chance to win, you know. So you're just you're assessing risk, you know, and, and that was 
that was not a risk I should have taken, and, and obviously it, it, it bit us. And what's, what's Two your more questions in general in the season that you're having this year? What's that? Uh, what's your assessment of the season that you're having this year? I know it's statistically different than we're used to. but My job is to get us in the end zone and help us win games. Um, and so depending on how the flow of the game is going, depending on what I'm asked to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Dude, what, do you, what do you take away, though, from the big picture of this game? I mean, you guys drop a close one, but showed a lot of resolve. Listen, I love the way our guys, guys fought. Love the way our guys fought. Um, you know, it's all, it's all in front of us. You know, we, we control our destiny. So we've uh, got to win. Got to win. Thanks, Thanks, All right, Pelicans game day tonight as they welcome in the Sacramento Kings game three of the homestand. And we're joined by the sharp suitor right now, Darius Miller. Darius, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Uh, you ever been this hot ever shooting the basketball? Not that I can remember. Not that I can remember. Have you looked at your numbers recently? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. Your last 14 games, you're shooting better than 54% from three. You've had multiple three pointers <laughs> in 11 of your last 12 games. A lot of open looks, man. A lot of open looks. A lot of open looks. Yes. Yeah, I'm in a pretty good rhythm, and um, we move the, the ball extremely well. Um, those guys demand so much attention. Like I said, a lot of open looks. So. Are you superstitious at all? No, not really. Okay, no. good, because I hate bringing all this no. up. I, I've, I've almost avoided talking to you here of lately because you've no. been so hot. No. But whatever you're eating for breakfast or wearing during warm-ups, don't change a I thing. <laughs> what about team-wise? I mean, a one-on-one -one week, obviously, without Anthony Davis. But you guys seem to be playing fairly well. What's been going right this week so far? Um, I think our intensity. Uh, we try to come out. We try to play uh, team basketball. We move the ball pretty well, I think. Um, I mean, it helps a lot that Cuz is dominating the way that he is. But, uh, I mean, we're just fighting. We're fighting. We're playing with a lot of intensity, and uh, especially on the defensive end. We wanted to focus on getting off the better starts, and we've done that. We've done a pretty good job of that. So. Does it relieve the pressure off you guys a little bit, knowing that you do have, whether it's Anthony down there or Cousins down there, and it opens up so much for you guys, just letting you know that you could let it fly whenever you need to, just based on the spacing they provide? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, those guys are so talented. I mean, they demand so much attention, like I always say. Um, it makes it so much easier for the rest of us, and uh, we've done a pretty good job of trying to help those guys out. I don't know what percentage of your time on the floor is the same as Rondo's, but clearly there's a difference with the offense right now. Whether you're on the floor with him or you're watching from the bench, what do you see that's different? What, what's the difference that he brings to your guys' offensive ability? He's just a floor general. Um, with his experience, uh, with his talent, I mean, he just gets everybody in the right spots. He gets the ball movement, sets us up in um, plays, whatever, whatever we need, really. He just he, he runs the show, basically. And um, I think, like you said, when he's on the court, it's, it's just totally different. It's totally different. I feel like we've seen a different Drew this week, too. He's been uh, really aggressive and cutting so well, able to knock down the shots. Have you seen a different Drew, and, and how much has that helped you guys? Um, I mean, when he's, when he's that aggressive, it's hard to stop him. It's hard for anybody to stop him. Um, he's uh, prob probably the best one-on-one -on -one, um, ISO player that we have, and um, he's done a great job of showing that. So, I mean, he continues to play that way, and then you have Cuz and AD coming back. So, I mean, no telling how, how good we can be once we get rolled. We're a little more than a quarter way through the season. You guys are a game above 500. Are you all starting to finally get an identity with yourselves now? Starting to get rolling a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think we've, uh, we've gotten better every game. Um, um, sometimes we uh, struggle to close out games, I think. But uh, I feel like we've, we've made progress. Um, it took a, a lot of steps since the beginning of the season. And if we continue to, to grow at that rate, I think we'll be fine um, towards the end of the season. So we mentioned the identity. What is that identity? What is this, this team for you guys? 
Um, honestly, uh, we want to play with a lot of intensity on defense, and uh, we just want to play with high pace and, and move the ball. We got people who can dominate the game, so the rest of us are just going to play off of that. Any other sources of frustration right now? I mean, is there something? <laughs> are there, I mean, it, it inherently happens. There's something yeah. about whether a game flows or there's something that's just not right. Could you put your finger on it if there is something? <sighs> not really, man. Not really. I think we just need to continue to work. Uh, I think we've. It's a tremendous difference from the beginning of the season to where we are now. So if we continue to work the way that we do and stay focused, I think we'll be fine. You know, you talked about getting better each game. It was interesting. Now, again, I know what Golden State's all about and their second-half powers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Coach Gentry had said, hey, look, there's some things about the second half that we're not doing well, whether it's the start of the third quarter or, like you said, closing out games, that kind of a thing. But yet on Wednesday, it seemed to be better. Did you guys change anything at all? with regard to how you approached or went about the second half on Wednesday night against the Nuggets? I just think we made an effort to try to come out with high intensity in the third quarter, and um, those guys did a great job. Uh, I think the leaders of the team, the coaching staff, um, they identified it, and, and we tried to fix it. And uh, That's what we've been doing all year, so if we continue to do that, we should be fine. Now the Sacramento Kings uh, roll into town tonight. Uh, last time it took uh, Boogie taking over in the second half. Guys <laughs> yeah. struggled a little bit in the first half. What are some keys tonight in order to get another win on this homestand? Uh, just getting off to a good start. We got off to a really slow start in that game, and we was in a hole the rest of the game. But we did a great job of um, fighting back and, and, like you said, um, winning in the end. But um, if we get off to a good start and just play with high intensity on defense, uh, try to push the pace a little bit, we'll, we, we'll be able to uh, have a good game. All right, Darius, appreciate the time. Thank no you. Very much. Good Thank luck you. tonight. Yep, Thank you got it. <laughs> All right, first 9,000 fans receive a DeMarcus Cousins bobblehead tonight. Here's what you could get if you attend the game. All right, time to wrap things up. Pelicans and Kings tonight from the Smoothie King Center. Anthony Davis said earlier today it's a game-time decision for him as he's been battling that left adductor strain. And, Sean, how much does – that can make a huge difference, obviously, but some keys tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, number one, by the way, I'm the only member of this panel that was born in the 70s, (laughs) so – and tonight is the 70s theme. I'm ready, though. I see you. You got a little go-go work in there. Nicely done. Davis coming back is huge. I mean, obviously, you're talking about the franchise player here alongside DeMarcus Cousins. Tip of the cap to the Pelicans have gone 2-1 and one in right. his absence. But I'd love to see him return, even in a limited way tonight. Because against the Kings, if you win this game tonight, you put yourself in the position to have a winning homestand. And this is a four-game homestand. There's high value on this stretch of games right now. Much like Denver, Sacramento is a really poor road team. And they are ending a four-game trip tonight. So this is an opportunity to take advantage of that. They're banged up a bit themselves. I like New Orleans' chances tonight. Um, I think that a fast start is key because, as you mentioned in our conversation with Darius, you had to play out of a hole last time against those guys. And that's dangerous. Anytime that you let young players like the Kings have start to feel right and feel good about things, it's hard to slow them down. So I think a fast start is key tonight. And I think the other thing, too, is Take advantage of what you have in the low post, whether it's just be Cousins by himself or if AD comes back tonight. The Pelicans are number two in the NBA in points in the paint. They're down a couple of bigs on their side. So let's go after them and see if they can't make a miserable night for a great guy in Zach Randolph and come away with a win. Now you may have noticed, switching gears, you may have noticed last night that Drew Brees had a patch added to his jersey for winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year award in the past. Now, this year, Cam Jordan is a nominee, and he was rocking a sticker on his helmet for that same award. He spoke with us about 
what it means to volunteer and especially with children. I'm really here for you guys. Um, just want to embrace you guys into the journey that is life. Honestly, that's, that's ingrained from childhood. Um, you know, my dad was always in the community doing things and I just remember, you know, looking at all these kids, look up to my dad. Like I said, it's all about just doing the best that you can on whatever you're doing. I watched everybody in the drills, everybody's participation, and the way that they were active with everything was beautiful. Growing up, you know, if you have a role model come and talk to you guys, like, uh, you know, Terrell Suggs came from my high school and he came back and said a couple words, and that was just huge, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't huge in like, oh, I want to be Terrell Suggs, but it was more along the lines of, like, hey, he came, he came from my city, like, you know, um, or he's putting on for, for our city, and, you know, I want to be able to do something like that. And now that I'm in the position to, uh, it's easy to go out into the city and be like, you know, just show love, show as much love as you can. <laughs> the youth are kids now, but in four years, you know, that 14-year-old is going to be 18, that 17-year-old is going to be 21. Um, you know, that kid, you know, that, that's looking up to, to looking up to me or looking up to one of my teammates that are talking, um, you know, they could be thinking about, you know, doing something reckless with their lives at that point. They see me and they see the, the love and the hope and, you know, everything that I try and uh, give out to the community. And they see me and they're like, hey, maybe I can do that too. And they change their lives for better. You know, the, you, have, you have kids that may not come from much, but just want a little bit of inspiration. And I want to be that inspiration given to them. I mean, if they're a spark and I can just, you know, give a little bit of that love, a little bit of that shine, a little bit of that wind to make them into an inferno, then I've done my part.